Are you still chasing down AR from this tax season? Are you struggling to move your practice to a monthly recurring revenue model? With Practice Ignition, you can easily manage your client engagement letters and collect ACH or credit card payments all in one place. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, Practice Ignition, later in the episode. I guess my question is, will the IRS finally end the free file program and create their own free file app? Will they create their own tax software for simple returns? I I think it's uh, unlikely that they'll create software that can handle complicated situations, but, you know, will they take free file in-house is, I guess, my question. Today is Monday, July 19th. This is the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And Blake, if you reach out your right arm and I reach out my left arm, we can touch. We're touching hands. We are here in person in New Orleans at Accounting Salon 2021, which for our listeners that are not familiar with Accounting Salon, David, what is it in 10 seconds or less? 10 seconds. It is an invite-only conference for the most forward-thinking cloud accounting accountants and bookkeepers in our industry. And it brings us together. We're here live. I don't know where to go with that. Well, we, we've, we've had a, a day of conference, so we're, we're, we're rusty. You're not used to going to conferences. You're not used to having a, a beer in a lobby and having breakfast with mimosas. It takes you a little bit to get back on the train of conferences, so we're just a little foggy. But we figured, why waste the opportunity? We should record face-to-face. We are here at the end of day one of this conference, which is uh, two days, three days, can't remember. What is top of mind for you this week, David, in the world of cloud accounting? There's lots and lots of app news. I think one of the big things is kind of app news. Intuit pulled out, remember the uh, TurboTax, FreeFile, all that fiasco that's been going on? Yep. The ProPublica articles, Intuit completely pulled out of that. That's a that's some that's big, news. big news. Um and that relates to the IRS. I have a bunch of other IRS or tax news. Uh, there's a new startup that is going to help fight tax evasion. I've never really seen anything like this in our space. It's The board of directors includes a former IRS commissioner and people high up at PwC. Uh, I guess they're going to like sell this software to tax agencies around the world. I, I'm so disappointed because I saw this and I, my first thought was, oh, People are going for that $80 billion the IRS is going to give over the next decade. Like the, the Could be. People are going to create services just to go win some of that money. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't Blake and I think of this? <laughs> uh, real estate accounting tech company Proper has raised money. So they're another one of those uh, accounting firms with engineers. We've got updates from Zero and QuickBooks. There's Revolut, that neobank just raised $800 million. Even Apple is working on fintech products with their uh, Apple Pay. They're going to have a buy now, pay later. Lots of, lots of stuff going on this week. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by AFO Wealth Management. AFO Wealth Management Forward was created to allow accounting firms to integrate wealth management services into their practice with ease. AFO Wealth Management Forward, powered by Arrowroot Family Office, provides a simple and easy way for accounting firms to integrate financial planning, estate planning, life insurance, and investment advisory into their current practice to increase recurring revenue streams without straining existing staff and resources. The program provides access to a robust online learning management system, one-on-one coaching, monthly Q&A sessions, webinars, and access to great partners, including Betterment, Vanilla Estate Planning, commission-free life insurance from DPL, and financial planning tools like Right Capital and eMoney. Learn how to easily adopt wealth management services through the power of technology and collaboration, and get 25% off when you mention the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash AFO. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash A-F-O. 
David, I'm sorry to say I have PPP news. So we sh- maybe we should just get that out of the way. I thought we were done with that. <laughs> Not quite. So apparently banks are reversing course on PPP loans. For some business owners, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Not only did they have to wait a long time to get their loans, now banks are coming back and being and notifying folks that they shouldn't have received the amount they were approved for. So they're not going to get forgiveness for the full amount. All right. So you got a, you got approved for 50000 You took the loan for 50000 They're coming back now, many months later possibly, and saying, oh, by the way, Blake, you really only got approved for 34000 You owe us twenty. And yeah. And, and so then you're going to have to pay back the rest as a loan, right? 1% interest, all that. So That's a good game. Thanks, Scott. I know, right? So it's not really clear here what is the issue. Like, why did the SBA come back and approve a lower amount for forgiveness than the bank originally gave out? I think this is probably miscommunication kind of situation. But if you're having that happen with clients, apparently this is not uncommon. There are multiple stories here uh, in this article on theintercept.com about this situation. Well, that tells tells me the PPP will still be in the news for the rest of the podcast. For ages, forever, for all time, always. All right, let's talk about um, app news. But actually, first, we got a voicemail. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Hey, Blake and David. This is REACPA PFSCGMA in SFCA. In recent podcasts, you've discussed how the expenses to prepare and register for the CPA exam sometimes present a financial barrier to entry that's insurmountable for some people. This prevents otherwise capable CPA candidates from pursuing licensure. This is not good. We need qualified people to become CPAs. I've recently come across a great resource. Anyone who's interested in pursuing CPA licensure should check out the website thiswaytocpa.com, which is fueled by the AICPA. For CPA exam candidates, to mitigate the financial affordability hurdle, the AICPA Foundation offers scholarship reimbursements of up to $1,500 for CPA exam fees and prep courses. The deadline to apply for the CPA exam reimbursement is September the 15th, so exam candidates should get their application in soon. For students in the education section, Under the AICPA Legacy Scholarships menu, there are several other scholarship opportunities ranging between $3,000 and $10,000. Again, that website is thiswaytocpa.com. We definitely need more CPAs in our profession, but we definitely should not lower the qualifications to get them. And yes, it definitely does pay off to get the CPA license early in your career. Thanks again for your great podcast. It's been one of the most powerful influences in my cloud journey. I'm indebted to you and welcome opportunities to help others and keep up the great work in propelling cloud accounting forward. Thank you, Ray, for those kind words and that tip, thiswaytocpa.com. And it's not just a tip. I mean, it's a bunch of information. It's very, very good. Now we don't have to make it long to the show. It's a very long. And it didn't cut them off. I thought the voicemail had like a limit. I think it's like three minutes. Oh, so he, that was he, two. Very, oh, perfect. Perfect size voicemail then. Perfect. Very well timed. Thank you, Ray. Um, all right. Shall we do app news? All right. So what's the deal? Intuit is leaving the free file partnership. They're the, leaving the free file partnership that they kind of help spur and loosely create along with the IRS and the federal government. It's how many years is it now? Is it? I think it's 15 over fifteen to eighteen, somewhere it, in that. Something range. like twenty years. Maybe twenty years. This uh, partnership has existed. So, um, what what exactly is FreeFile? We've talked about it on the show. Maybe people have forgotten. Maybe they didn't listen to those episodes. Why? What is FreeFile? So, so, so in an agreement, so all the software companies have made an agreement with the IRS, and the IRS basically agreed, hey, we won't build tax software 
if you let some percentage of the population use your software for free. And I think it's uh, currently a just gross income of $72,000 or less. I think that's right. And so for certain folks, that's what they were supposed to be able to get through FreeFile, get your taxes done for free. IRS agreed. We're not going to make our own software. And remember, it was all messy. You had to go to a certain website, and that has a link to the TurboTax. And, and you could get to the other TurboTax, and you know you're paying for TurboTax, and you used the ProPublica, and it got really well, that was exaggerated the scandal. around. The scandal. The, the, the So the scandal, was it last year or the year before? It was before the pandemic. In the before times, ProPublica exposed into its practices of allegedly hiding their free file page by hiding it from search results. The robot text file, they changed that. They, they also did just other questionable practices. Right. But something that is not uh, unusual for a large profit-driven corporation, you have folks in there who want to steer people, millions of people, into paid products. And they were prohibited from doing that inside of the free file applications. So they had to steer them uh, to something else before they ever got to free file. So it, it, it's, it's um, circumstantial evidence, but you can see it in the numbers in that only a few, three million people or something per year would ever file with free file. But in, and of that, Intuit helped the most companies. Right. They, they always had the most free filers. They, they pretty much were the bulk of that program. By far. So they were responsible for the bulk of free filing, but then the, the question is, well, shouldn't it have been more people? Because there's a lot of people in this country uh, that qualify for it but never found it. And, uh, you know, to be fair, the IRS didn't do exactly the best job of promoting it either. It was not easy to find. So anyway, after that whole fallout, the expose, I mean, it was a big deal. Into its CEO had to issue like a statement uh, internally. There was that that got leaked. It, there was lots of uh, political back and forth, and you know, a target. They get a target on their back yeah. from politicians. It was very, uh, you know, the media was eating it up. Yep. I mean, it made it made mainstream press. You know, NBC was reporting on this. Uh, you know, CNN, New York Times, Wall Street Journal hit everything. And based on the what's in the blog post, they did not respond to anybody for further comment, um, any of the articles I read, but there's a quote from their blog post that really almost makes it seem like, you know what, forget it. We're just out. You guys deal with it. We're just not going to, it's too much outside pressure, so I'll just read this. So this is the Intuit blog. This is the about, Intuit blog site, yep. About pulling out, okay. With the free file program surpassing its founding goals of e-file and free tax preparation, and due to the limitations of the free file program and conflicting demands from those outside the program, we are not able to continue in the program and deliver overall the benefits that can help consumers make more money, save more, and invest for the future. So I think they've just decided it's better just to not even participate in the program and let it become what it becomes and just move on. And the title of this blog post that Intuit used to announce this change um, is... It's a good title, so I just got to read this. It is Accelerating Technology Innovation to Better Help Consumers Solve Their Most Pressing Financial Problems. <laughs> I don't know why that's titled that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like somebody in uh, PR had to come up with a title and just like mashed a bunch of words together or something. In, so, so Intuit's argument is that the free file program put limitations on them that ultimately were not as good for consumers because, um, and they list them out here. So they couldn't import data beyond the tax return. They could not deliver access to tax and finance experts for personalized support free of charge or at a portion of the cost elsewhere. I guess that's probably referring to the uh, TurboTax Live type of features they've introduced into their paid products. Using AI models to proactively intervene with customers when they may be making a mistake or appear confused direct deposit refunds into free high-yield accounts so they can save more and invest to make their money work for them, and uh, do refund advances. So those were things that they say they couldn't do under FreeFile that they'll be able to do, I guess, now that they're not part of FreeFile. Although I guess they were always able to do this, just not for the people who chose to use the FreeFile product. But now they can kill FreeFile. Right. Like they can't out advertise free file. So anybody now, it's free game. So if you're searching for free file, now Intuit can't be accused of tricking you. Ah. 
They just will dominate. They'll just push everybody to a paid TurboTax product. Because they can do ads. When people type in free file, there's nothing stopping into it from... Uh, Sending it to their own websites right. now. So there's no, nobody ads. can accuse them of anything dirty. And now they can just, instead of doing 17 million free tax filings through their product and the free file products, right. they'll just drive tons of people to paid. And in, in maybe in hindsight, we might all look at this a year from now, PubPublica, and everybody will be like, well, yeah, I guess it was better the other way when people actually got some free returns. Because now the free market's going to decide this and competition's going to decide this. And if I had to bet, because the IRS is so bad at, at getting traffic to that free file website, that it's just going to go away. I think even that other site was spun up with TurboTaxSucks.com. No, that, was that, that was the TV show the guy did, right? The uh, Netflix special. He said, spun up that site. And that site is just a link to a bunch of free files. I guess my question is, will the IRS finally end the free file program and create their own free file app? Uh, will they create their own tax software for simple returns? I, I think it's uh, unlikely that they'll create software that can handle complicated situations. But, you know, will they take free file in-house is, I guess, my question. And it's hard to see them doing it with the current situation. And maybe this is why Intuit chose this moment to pull out of the program because the IRS is so backlogged, so behind on millions and millions and millions of returns, they've got their hands full just dealing with that. So how could they then go and, and create a competitor or create their own free file? It's just not going to happen unless Congress gives them more money. But that's all still up in the air. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Practice Ignition. Are you still chasing down AR from this tax season? Are you struggling to move your practice to a monthly recurring revenue model? With Practice Ignition, you can easily manage your client engagement letters and collect ACH or credit card payments all in one place. Streamline your sales process and upsell your services by allowing your clients to choose from up to three proposal options. Once they choose their desired proposal, the clients select their preferred pricing option, enter their payment details, and sign all in one place. With Practice Ignition, you can set up automatic payments from your clients on any billing schedule imaginable. Monthly recurring, annual, quarterly, weekly, hourly, even variable unit-based billing for volume-based services. To learn more how Practice Ignition can help your firm eliminate accounts receivable and for 50% off your first three months, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash PI. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash PI. Practice Ignition. Online payments designed for CPA firms. Yeah, so I mean, the IRS is pretty busy as it is, like you just said, but then they're also working, instead of building software, they are now starting to partner with a company, a startup that just got $13 million in funding to help tax evasion. This is uh, IVIX. They are a tech company that aims to help international tax authorities catch large-scale tax evasion. So they got $13 million in seed funding. According to Accounting Today, the company develops technology that automatically analyzes public data sources to identify tax evasion. And the board of directors is interesting. There's uh, Fred Goldberg, a former tax commissioner. He was IRS chief counsel and an assistant treasury secretary for tax policy. Uh, there's Don Fort, the former chief of the IRS's criminal investigation division. Eric Hilton, former commissioner of the IRS's small business self-employed division. And there's a PwC executives advising the company. This is an Israeli company. I feel like a lot of these like analytics uh, companies are, are Israeli. I, I, is it, they seem to be doing a lot oh, in that There's arena. a lot of hot startups. And that's the hot spot here. What's interesting about this is I, I kind of, as you see the board of advisors, and there's that fine line of like, there's the board of advisors and there's like the advisors that actually know what they're doing. And it makes you wonder like, do any of these people, are these just names that have great titles? And it's like, what was the Theranos, the blood drop girl? Oh, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes, right? Remember like, um, who was the big uh, Desert Storm War hero? Um, the general. Oh, that got suckered in? 
Yeah, like her board was full of all these people with these great titles. Who didn't know anything about medicine. He didn't know anything about medicine nor running a company or startup, et cetera. And so I wonder how much of this is like their actual advisors or are they just listed as board of advisors because this looks good to go get more funding? We'll we'll see, I suppose, right, based on uh, how well this company does. It's interesting. I mean, you said at the beginning of the show, maybe they're looking to grab some of this IRS money that Congress is going to potentially appropriate. Because if IRS is, if the IRS has a mandate to get more money from tax evasion and tax avoidance yeah. and people paying their fair share, they're going to need some software that surfaces who they should go after. And, and they're not going to build it very clearly. We've discussed this. They're not going to build free file. They're not going to build this. They're going to buy this. Well, the IRS is building some of their own tech. Um, they have released an online tool for managing child tax credit payments. I wasn't really paying attention to this because I don't qualify for the child tax credit payments. At least I don't think I do. But then I noticed last week a credit appeared in my bank account. I got a credit as well. You got one too? So now I'm going to have to go on to this portal and figure out why I got that because I don't, I don't think I qualify. My theory is that they haven't like tied together my wife's uh, W-2 and mine to like total up our income even. So we filed joint, right? So like, I, I don't think, I don't think we are under that threshold, but, or that ceiling. Um, but if you're in the same situation, now you can use the new tool that debuted, uh, at the end of June, the advanced child tax credit eligibility assistant. It enables families to answer a series of questions to see whether they qualify for the advanced credit. And then you can use the child tax credit update portal to let families verify uh, your eligibility for payments. And if you choose, you can unenroll. So I think I will be unenrolling uh, just in case. Well, it'll it'll all get calculated out when you file your taxes though, right? Right, but I'm gonna owe it back if I don't qualify for it, right? So I don't wanna be in that situation. And and this is just one of those things where uh, not only is this advanced child tax credit making things uh, more complicated for the IRS because they've gotta manage all these payments and they're sending millions and millions of them now, it also creates situations for taxpayers and their advisors. Because now we've got to figure out, okay, do we opt out of this thing? Do we let it happen? Our clients are probably going to get the money and not even tell us. And then we have a situation where they don't get their refund and they're pissed off at us instead of the IRS. Well, hopefully in your CRM of all your clients, you're keeping track. Like, oh, they have kids. A little checkbox in your CRM. And then you look up those clients and you probably reach out and be like, hey, by the way, Maybe you're going to get some money. Maybe you should have the money. Maybe if you're going to get money and you shouldn't have the money, and I can help you turn this on or off. Well, and this this fire hose of free money that's just coming from the feds. And that's what we should be doing, right? Is is emailing our clients and letting them know about these things and telling them to get in touch. But you know, unfortunately, I, I think there's a, a w- very few firms that do that in a systematic way. But it's a good opportunity. So if you if you haven't let your clients know about that, it's a it's a good subject for your next email. So I, I saw an article about barter because I always back in the days when I worked in tech support, I always liked it when somebody was like, "Oh, I traded some goods and services with another small business for goods and services," and I always loved recording that into QuickBooks because you'd have to you'd have to be create you have to set up items and they're they're set to an offset wash account and it, or you kind of created a, an account like a bank account called barter and it would it should always zero out and it was just kind of a always a fun little challenging phone call to take and to see an article now about you know bartering going from an underground into like a cash management strategy that was the article uh, headline here is on the payments.com uh, website and so there's a new startup called barter pay so I think like better pay, but barter pay. And what's confusing about it that I don't totally grasp the concept of, because essentially a lot of their play is you might have excess inventory mm-hmm. and you could barter that and trade that with somebody else. And you don't trade it for the actual goods. You trade it for barter credits, which are currently the same equivalent as a Canadian dollar. Okay. So isn't that just like selling your guns? <laughs> like, like what's the, like, I don't understand the, the middleman here on this because if, if you're able to get full value for your goods through this credit system, why not just get the full value as cash? Right. Unless the people buying those goods from you, they don't have cash yet either. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think there are uh, a lot of, a lot of startups that are kind of looking, they've got a solution looking for a problem. 
I mean, like you said, David, you figured out how to do this with a bank account in QuickBooks. And, and so now they've created an app to do this. Well, it's a marketplace, but it's interesting. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stuck <laughs> staring at the website just trying to understand, like, if you're going to convert your goods to some credits, well, there's got to be a way just to use the cash. Because like, you're, you're not trading with that person. Yeah. So how are your goods worth credits? I, I Unless somebody has credits is getting them from you. It's strange to me. <laughs> I don't know. I well, can't. in something that may be more familiar, Relay, Relay Financial, which enables business owners and accountants to open up bank accounts virtually in a very short amount of time. You could do it in a, a day. They have released Relay Pro, which is a integrated bill payment solution. And folks who have used bill.com or another you know, bill payment solution, uh, this will be very familiar to you. So you can import bills from QuickBooks Online or Zero. There's a review, approval, and payment workflow from a single dashboard. You can do multi-step approval rules for bill payments, batch payments. Uh, you can then sync those bills. They will auto-sync back to your general ledger as, as paid. And the thing that's uh, interesting here is that you're getting 50 same-day ACH transfers per month for free. So they've connected into the same-day ACH network that has been um, built out here in the U.S. now. So... I think that's kind of a neat, a nifty feature to be able to pay same day. Well, I mean, because you, you can't do that with a regular bank account at any of your banks per se. You can, but you got to pay like a fee for all of them. I think, you know, at Bank of America, I think it's like 10 bucks. Okay, so this you're paying 30 bucks a month. You can do up to 50. For free, included and, in that, yeah. And then after that, there's a higher volume plans, I take it. Because I could see if you're somebody who needs that many, this is a no-brainer, like 30 bucks versus mm -hmm. I can only send three transactions at Bank of America. So it's a little bit of a no-brainer, but what happens if you exceed that and where that comes in at? Yeah, uh, that I'm not sure about. Uh, check it out if you're interested. Go to RelayFi.com and look at Relay Pro. So we've talked about these instant pay or daily pay, these apps like Earnin. Uh, well, Gusto has this now, that, what do they call it, Gusto... It's like an on-demand gusto cash out, I think they call it. So the idea is that I work, but my payroll is uh, biweekly, every two weeks, but I can get my money sooner through these features. Yeah. And until like the Industrial Revolution, apparently, so listen to this podcast with the founder of Earnin, people would just get paid at the end of the day. You'd go to work, you'd pay at the end of the day, and the Industrial Revolution came on, and then the power shifted to the business owners. Like, I will pay you in two weeks. Tough. And now what's happening is these daily pay solutions have started popping up in the market. Well, I just want to say it's not just the business owners uh, to be blamed for that. It's uh, taxes. Taxes as well. Because calculating payroll taxes every single day. was hard. Impossible. That's why. That, and that ultimately is why we ended up going to weekly, bi-weekly. Ah. Okay. Yeah. But now with computers, it doesn't really matter. It's a super easy to calculate. We should be able to go back to what we used to do. And now these services have been around for two and a half years or so. They're getting pretty commonly adopted. And what's happening now, they're starting to see behavior changes in people's behaviors. So earnings, seeing that companies that rolled this out, like Walmart has rolled it out, that people are 6% uh, more likely to not miss shifts. They come to work. Because they have that instant reward. The instant reward is there. Some of it is also because they have money, they can buy their gas for their car to get there. Maybe they're not worried about bouncing a check. Maybe they can afford to pay a babysitter to get to their shift. So there's uh, benefits of this. And now it's coming full circle where we're in this super competitive economy. You can't hire anybody. This is a, you Everybody's trying to pay people. Instead of maybe saying, hey, I'll pay you $17 an hour, how about you put, you could say, hey, I'll pay you 15 but I'm going to pay you every single day. And so now it's a competitive advantage for you to offer this as your employer. Yeah. So it's just... Um, just eye-opening on the history of this a little bit and why uh, there's other benefits coming out of this that didn't nobody I don't think I realized even existed two years ago I think it makes a lot of sense um, it's all about understanding the psychology of your typical hourly worker and I think as business owners and as an accountants where we take a big picture view of our own finances and our businesses to the point where a lot of us say 
why would you need to get paid daily? That's just ridiculous. Like, I, pay me once a month, right? It's easier that way. And it's really the opposite for most workers. They are paycheck to paycheck. Well, it's the dilemma, like, being poor is very expensive. And what they've, because the way earning works, they see your timesheets, but they're also connected to your bank feed. So they've made observations now where people are not paying overdraft fees. They're not getting payday loans. So they're, they're, they're able to get ahead without using these horrible leachy vices that just kept people poor that's being moved out of the system because people are getting paid every single day. Now, if only we could figure out how to teach people how to build a buffer in their bank account. Like, that's the real problem here, right? If people had a week or two weeks or a month of, of funds, then they wouldn't need it. Well, the IRS is sending that out now, with once the, a month. With the child tax credit payments, yep. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Odoo. I was checking out Odoo the other day, and sure, it has all the typical features you would expect in a highly customizable cloud ERP system, including dozens of built-in modules and thousands of third-party apps. But one of the built-in app modules really caught my eyes. It's a spreadsheet, but not any spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet that is built directly into the accounting system. By using Odoo's built-in spreadsheet module, you can model and manipulate your data and it instantly stays up to date without any exports or integrations. It's crazy powerful. Imagine a sales rep updating a projected sale amount in a CRM module and having instantly reflected in your spreadsheet. The accounting and invoicing modules are always free, so there's no reason not to give Odoo and the spreadsheet module a try today. Head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash Odoo. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash O-D-O-O. Unleash your growth potential with Odoo. Real estate accounting tech company Proper has raised $9 million in funding, yet another accounting firm with engineers. This one is based out of San Francisco, and this is their Series A, $9 million. They plan to use the extra funds, according to Accounting Today, to accelerate development of their automated accounting technology, build a new customer-facing platform, and hire strategic talent across all functions. This this startup is interesting to me because we have seen accounting firms with engineers pop up that serve all businesses. Pilot, for instance, they don't say we only serve X industry. They say we, we'll, we'll do your books, doesn't matter. Your small business, we'll do your books. Bench, same thing, right? Small business, we'll do your books. But proper is laser focused on real estate and specifically property uh, management. And you know, I, I like that. I like that focus. Uh, if you're an accounting firm that doesn't have engineers, like it's something that you could take a look at and, and learn from. Um, because if you're trying to attract clients in X industry and they come to your website and it shows that we are the accounting firm for X industry, like it's very powerful. It's a good mark from a marketing perspective, but from a scale perspective. You don't have, there's, you start to get a finite, um, it's never finite, but you kind of get a finite set of apps you have to work with. There's three or four apps in that industry. You can learn them very, very well. And then that's their bet is they're going to be able to automate some of these apps. And and chances are what they'll really do with this money, I can imagine, does buy one of these apps and just control the whole stack. If you want to do automated bookkeeping for somebody, if you own the GL and you own the app they're using to do other day-to-day and the only other thing you need to do is own a bank. And now you have the whole stack. So I wonder what they are using behind the scenes. If they have built their own GL or if they're also layered on top of Zero or QuickBooks. They do have some unique property management and trust accounting uh, uh, features that they describe on their uh, website. But it's not clear to me you know, how much they've built themselves and how much they are building a tech stack from other off-the-shelf solutions. Uh, what else do we know about them? They increased their staff last year from 15 employees to 92. And in the first half of 2021, Proper has already grown to 120 staff 
with plans to end the year with approximately 200 team members. That really is rocket ship kind of growth for an accounting services business. So if you want to check them out, uh, it's worth taking a look just to see the marketing. Because again, one thing that we can all learn. What's that website? The website is proper.ai, P-R-O-P-E-R dot A-I. It's worth taking a look just because uh, these startups do really good marketing, really clean sites, really simple messaging. If I'm a prospect and I'm looking for somebody to help me manage the books, this speaks to me. The headline, we manage the books, you manage the property. Fortune 500 level financial specialists helping property managers and owners stress less and earn more with a button that says talk to us right there on the homepage. So on the homepage too, it looks like they have Yardi and Appfolio, Propertyware and QuickBooks listed. It says from Yardi to Appfolio, Propertyware and QuickBooks, we have you covered. So that makes so me think they're layering on top. Yeah, so what they're probably doing here is you have QuickBooks, you have those other software packages, those apps probably have never integrated with QuickBooks properly. They probably have a bunch of reports. What they're probably doing is they're taking those reports from these products and they're running them through their own tech stack of some type to create API calls into QuickBooks. Um, at some level, it's kind of simple, right? Basically, you're just doing the data entry you'd be doing, they're already doing in-house. Um, but that's the way you do this because these apps usually aren't going to build the integration because they just lack the expertise. Yeah, I wonder if they're using onshore, offshore uh, accounting. You know, are they outsourcing it abroad? It's not clear. Is there any tech? That's always the question. Is there tech? Is it just data entry happening somewhere <laughs> else? Yes. But even if it's just you know offshore resources, if they're like this laser fo- focused on a single niche, then I think it's possible to build a very very profitable business because of the focus. Yeah, you can you can actually deliver useful information because every single client you have is the same. They're all property managers, and so you know exactly what numbers they need to see and how their chart of accounts needs to look. When when you're a service like a solution like Bench or Pilot, I worry because every business is very different, and so they how can they you know create a um, reporting that is useful when all the businesses are different? It it, it seems very difficult to do. Yeah, and it looks like it's super narrowly focused to just the bookkeeping of an individual property, because they they want to do that first before they'll try to do your corporate books. And they don't provide tax services. It's it's we'll hand it back to your CPA. But no. it's it's really about we can help you manage a property. Well, and and this is the real challenge of property management is that David, let's say you're a property manager and you have I don't know um, twenty different buildings that you manage homes. Uh, condos could be apartment buildings yeah. with multiple units. You have to do the books for every single one of those properties every month. So you're basically a big chunk of your job is bookkeeping, getting the rent checks, depositing the checks, producing the reconciliations, paying out the owners, taking your fee. It's a lot of it is accounting, just bookkeeping. And then of course, you know, fixing stuff when it breaks. Yes. <laughs> Moving on remote has raised $150 million on a $1 billion plus valuation to manage payroll and more for organizations' global workforces. That is the headline in TechCrunch, remote. I had not heard of this. There's all these startups popping up or that have been around that I just have not been aware of, and, and then they go out and raise a bunch of money. I think the other one was called Deal, right? Deal, yeah. Yeah, so this is global payroll. These are tools to manage onboarding payroll benefits and other services for tech and knowledge workers located in remote countries, whether they're contractors or full-time employees. So they raised $150 million. It's a Series B. They own all of their own infrastructure. They provide HR. They have fully operational legal entities in 50 countries. They're going to grow to 80 by the end of the year. And this is powering, you know, companies uh, going global. And Rippling is one was one of its first customers, so this is what uh, Rippling is using. And if you, I knew you were, uh, you liked that last website we went to, but if you go to uh, Remote's website, it's remote.com, they have the you know the other thing that helps people sell is fear, uh-huh. and so they have this little ticker and a scroller that says avoid compliance fines in Canada, and it shows avoid compliance fine in California and the United States, and it talks about how it's. 20,130 uh, per violation. It's unfortunately it's going too fast for me to read, but you know, there's a 
oh my gosh, every time I go read it, it changes. But yes, these <laughs> fines just keep scrolling through each country, what your fines are if you don't uh, stay compliant yeah. on payroll. Well, because a lot of people think, oh, if I'm just based in the U.S., for instance, and I pay people in other countries, I can just pay them as contractors. But that is not always going to work out. I do like their country explorer. Like all the countries that they support, instead of just being a boring spreadsheet list of countries of the link, it looks like you're browsing for a vacation on Airbnb. <laughs> and it shows which ones are available. It has a little available ticker. It's kind of funny. Uh, we got lots of updates. We've got updates from Zero and QuickBooks. I'll start with Zero this week. Zero has introduced an AI-powered analytics tool Yes, AI. And there seems to be actual AI in this tool. Uh, if you are a Zero user, you may have seen this rolling out. They have basically gradually been rolling this out. Um, it's been called the Business Performance Dashboard, the uh, Short-Term Cash Flow Projection, and now that it has been officially released as uh, uh, Zero Analytics, or Analytics Plus, I suppose is what it's called. And the thing that I like most about this is this uh, short-term cash flow projection. Um, previously, it only included invoices and bills that were entered into the system. But that is of limited use because there's a lot of things that happen in a bank account that aren't invoices or bills. And so Zero has addressed that by applying an algorithm to your bank feed that then recommends recurring transactions to be added into the short-term cash flow forecast. So if your rent just gets auto-debited every month, Zero will see that and then suggests that you enter that into your cash flow projection as a monthly expense. And then that going forward is now in your projection. Yeah, it seems like uh, QuickBooks and Zero are both on a, a similar train pace here of adding this set of functionalities. Like uh, soon everybody's gonna have probably just good enough cash flow forecasting in their accounting system well, and this for free. Would, just like yeah. it's just gonna, and it's gonna work. Like in theory, you won't have to do too much work. Yeah, and this was like the number one reason why I, as a business owner, would reconcile my books every day. I would get every transaction in there and I would then put in the ones that I knew were coming up over the next few weeks as like future transactions. And then I would look at my balance at the end of that period and that is how I knew whether or not I had enough cash. This gets rid of that task for me. So as long as I'm going in and recording transactions to get to my current bank balance, I no longer have to like do the manual 30 day projection that I was doing if that makes sense. And Quicken, back in the day for personal finances, had this. It was like a calendar. You drag and drop the transactions. It, it was, was brilliant. Really, it was way ahead of its time, but it, but it would be, it, it seems less important for personal finances and way more important for a business to, to be able to do that. So I think this could be like a great tool for accountants to look at um, and consider using on behalf of your clients and then keep that up to date every, maybe you do it every week for them. You might even do it every day and send them that snapshot. So say like as part of our service, we're gonna update your short-term cash flow forecast. You do it in zero. They don't have to worry about how you do it. You just do it for them when you do their books and then you screenshot it for them and email that to them or text it to them or however you communicate with your clients. And so that's the evidence of you doing that short-term cash flow forecast and you can point out if they're gonna have a problem. So QuickBooks has always had their um Merchant card acceptance. The I don't even know what it's called right now. It's always been called some different. It names. was Mer Intuit Merchant Services. I think it was GoPay at one time. GoPay. So it was lots of things. But they have a little dongle. So just like Square has their Square, and then it became that floating piece you could tap a card on or insert the chip in. Well, they have their own chip-based reader, and it's what really caught my eye about this. I probably wouldn't even brought this up on the show, but the chip reader looks really, really cool and slick and modern, and, and you'd actually impress your client if you pulled it out and showed it to them. It's like this. It's round, like a small hockey puck. <laughs> so they deliberately went away from the square okay <laughs> right and they went more circle they went for a round you can dip the card in there you can tap it but what's really cool is that you can um it shows the amount that you're going to charge them like in an led display on the top of it yeah like a super thin light up led e-ink yeah scenario it looks really nice it's going to sell for 49 dollars, and they're also introducing a stand for 39 dollars uh, this is this is this Intuit's taking a play from Apple's. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the reader. Uh, you want to put it on stand with power. Here's a that'll come out late summer, so we'll see it late summer, and uh, that'll work for both. The stand will actually charge a phone and a reader or a tablet, um, and you'll be able to put prices of the items 
into QuickBooks software on their mobile devices and the total pair in the reader for customers to see. So I think it's a lot of the existing stuff. It's just being kind of a little bit of a rebrand mm -hmm. and just a refresh. And it's just the, the reader looks really slick. I mean, it does like look I said, nice. if, that's what caught my attention on this was the actual reader itself. Yep. Well, well, well done, well designed. Hopefully that's not a uh, architectural rendition of something that doesn't <laughs> exist. But it, it, actually, actually that, that's the best description of it. If you're trying to imagine this, imagine if somebody drew this preconceived artist rendition of a future product to accept credit card charges. That's what this is. And it looks like they really made it. It looks beautiful. Well, hey, speaking of payments, Apple is working on upgrading Apple Pay to include buy now, pay later. We've been talking about a bunch of services that have cropped up. They're some it, of the biggest fintech companies in the world. Right. Because everybody's living paycheck to paycheck, apparently, and they all want to buy now and, and pay over four installments or eight installments or whatever, right? Well, this hasn't been possible with Apple. They are partnering with Goldman Sachs, which I think also did the credit card, credit the card. Apple card, to offer a buy now, pay later product that is integrated with Apple Pay. It will be called, well, it's known internally. I don't know if they're gonna call it this. It's known internally as Apple Pay Later and will allow consumers to pay for any Apple Pay purchase in installments. So this could be a good reason for a lot of merchants to start accepting Apple Pay because if you've got big ticket items and you don't want to deal with setting up a buy now, pay later system yourself, if you take Apple Pay, now your customers can do it. And you know, Goldman Sachs will deal with the financing. You don't have to worry about it. And you as the merchant get paid right away. And that's what's interesting about this. The, the merchant, I think, gets their full pay. Yeah, immediately. Like somewhere around here, somebody, the like, I, I'm not sure who pays the fees. The customer pay, agrees to pay a little extra fee. Is that how this works? It's, it's almost like a payday loan in a weird way. So the way it works is, with Apple Pay anyway, is that the customer will pay four interest-free payments every two weeks or across several months with interest. So the, the plan with four payments is called Apple Pay 4 internally, while the longer-term payment plans are dubbed Apple Pay monthly installments. So that's interesting. If you pay in the four every two-week payments, so what, that's in over two months, it's free. But if you want to pay longer, then you pay interest. So it's a similar thing we've talked about like with your credit card. You get a bunch of points, and you pay your credit card bill on time every single month. But there's a lot, millions of people that don't do it. And maybe it sounds like that. There's going to be millions of people that choose the monthly installment and pay some fees. And that's going to subsidize the cost of this for people that just do the four week, every other week, or whatever the payment schedule is for the four, the Apple four. four. Yeah, at the every two weeks is, is, is free. Interesting. And this tells me Apple's probably going to now be able to charge twice as much for the next iPhones because <laughs> they're going to trick people into paying it over four weeks instead of... Well, that's what they've already done by bundling it with the cell phone plans. You don't even know how much you're paying, how much for, your you're paying for your phone. I, I look at my bill and I'm like, oh my God, I'm paying 35 bucks a month forever for my iPhone. <laughs> that's how they can buy now, pay later and later and later and later. Yeah. Well, they've just turned the iPhone into a subscription, right? Which is kind of where everything's headed. And then it's just to get a new one every two years. It's kind of brilliant. So we talked to just quickly about how some of these buy now, pay later companies like Affirm, and they're, they're some of the biggest fintech PayPal. companies in the world. Yeah. Well, now there's a new, one of the biggest in the world, Revolut. So we've talked about Revolut on the podcast plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Revolut just took $800 million at an approximate, is it $33, 35000000000 billion valuation? Is it okay to be off $2 billion at this point? I mean, it's just a valuation, right? So it doesn't mean much. But yeah, $33 billion, $800 million in new funding. And uh, these guys are another neobank right? Bank on your phone. And what's interesting about this is they took a, a lot of this money came in from both SoftBank and Tiger Global. So usually those two are competing for these massive rounds of investments in the companies and they did both in the same one. And I did see an article that compares them to the uh, Lloyds of London. Their value is way more than Lloyds of London and they're teeny in comparison. Lloyds of London, they, uh, they're 19% of the entire mortgage market in the UK. They're 25% of all credit card balances. 22% of current accounts, 90% of all small business lending, and 16% of consumer loans. So the, the Lloyd's almost owns the market, and Revolut's worth more than them. And it's, it's, it's fair to question these things, but again, we've always talked about this. The VCs, the investors, everybody's betting on the victory 
10 years from now. It's the moonshot, right? Yep. Well, and if Revolut ends up being the new Chase Bank, then it'll pay off. And that's, that's what everyone is, is looking to do is get everyone off of B of A and Chase and Wells Fargo and City, the four big ones. I think at least one of these neo banks will, will do it. Well, David, that's all the news that I've got in the, at the intersection of accounting and technology this week. How about you? Uh, nothing else. Nothing we much. do have a bonus episode of this episode, though. Yes. Do listen to our bonus episode, an interview with Ben Robinson. Ben Richmond. Ben Richmond. There's a Ben Robinson in our space, so it's pretty Okay. Memorable. Oh, he's the bookkeepers.com bookkeepers. guy. And that's why I'm thinking of him, because we were talking about it. Ben Richmond, um, head of Zero in the United States. He is also here at Accounting Salon. And uh, there's a little carrot in there, a little, little diamond. Make sure you and listen to the end. If you are a fan of Zero and ZeroCon, you'll be very excited to hear what Ben has to say uh, on that bonus episode. I think now, David, it's time to go out and explore New Orleans. I think it stopped raining, so let's go out in the humidity and see what it's like. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Time for the classifieds. If you're looking to fast track a scalable seven-figure accounting firm without having to work a million hours a week, check out Ryan Lozanis' online coaching membership, Future Firm Accelerate. The Future Firm Accelerate program is designed around Ryan's experience of taking his own cloud firm from scratch to sale so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You'll get online learning and topics that help you automate and systemize all aspects of your firm, coaching when you need help with implementation, and you'll also join a collaborative community of hundreds of other forward-thinking accounting firm owners. For more details, head over to www.futurefirmaccelerate.com. That is futurefirmaccelerate.com. Are you an accountant or bookkeeper who wants to get the most out of Zero? Zero, a comprehensive guide for accountants and bookkeepers is available now. Author Amanda Aguilar shares eight years of experience using Zero in her own practice to connect the dots between accounting theory and software. See why Zero founder Rod Drury calls her a proven expert in getting the most out of the Zero platform and ecosystem. Buy it now on Amazon or through your local bookseller. I quickly wanted to let you know about a new project that I've been working on for the last year or so. I'm launching a podcast network called Accounting Podcast Network. It has new podcasts that I know you'll love, like the Accounting Salon Conversations podcast hosted by Amanda Aguilar and the Accounting Automation Workflows podcast co-hosted by Brian Clare and Heather Satterley. Head over to accountingpodcastnetwork.com. That's accountingpodcastnetwork.com. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, ebook, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info.